ISIS terrorists murdered 13 American service members and killed nearly 100 other people. The Biden administration reportedly handed a list of Americans, green card holders, and Afghan allies to the Taliban. And Joe Biden is not with us. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. This show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. It's time to stand up to big tech. Protect your data at expressvpn.com slash Ben. Well, yesterday was one of the worst days in modern American foreign policy history. Yesterday saw the death of 13 American service members and at least 90 Afghans as two explosions ripped through crowds seeking evacuation in the wake of Joe Biden's ill-fated and ridiculous, stupid pullout from Afghanistan. The tactics were bad. The strategy is worse. The geostrategic implications are grave. According to the Wall Street Journal, more than 100 people were killed, including at least 13 U.S. service members and 90 Afghans at the Kabul airport Thursday when two blasts ripped through crowds trying to enter the American-controlled facility, disrupting the final push of the U.S.-led evacuation effort. A suicide bomb attack at the airport's Abbey Gate was followed by an assault by gunmen, officials said. Another bomb attack took place nearby at a hotel outside the airport, according to officials. 18 U.S. service members were also injured, the Pentagon said, so that 13 dead U.S. service member numbers, that, that could actually go up. The attack marked the deadliest day for the U.S. military in Afghanistan since 2011. So remember, the whole purpose of this operation was to prevent U.S. casualties from the Taliban. We had not had this many casualties in a single day in Afghanistan for a decade. And Joe Biden, in signal fashion, somehow brought about this result. Pretty incredible. We'd had zero combat casualties in Afghanistan, count them zero, since February of 2020. And Joe Biden pulled out all the troops. And then he handed over Kabul to the Taliban. And then the Taliban allowed in ISIS. And then ISIS proceeded to kill 13 U.S. service members, wound 18 others, and kill 100 Afghans at the same time. The attack marked the deadliest day for the U.S. military since 2011, came just five days before the Biden administration's deadline for the complete military withdrawal from the country. And this may not be the end. Marine Corps General Frank McKenzie has said the military expects more attacks. It is a full-scale disaster area. And it was brought about completely and utterly by our incompetent, foolish president. And I'm not sure what is worse, what the president thinks when he is with us or the fact that he is not with us. Like, I don't know whether to blame the fact that he is senile or the fact that he is incompetent because he's had these crappy ideas on foreign policy every step of the way. As Barack Obama once famously said, never underestimate Joe's ability to f things up. Okay, so the, the man's not been right on a single foreign policy issue his entire career. And he's been holding this perspective, which is that we should just cut and run from Afghanistan since 2010, despite the fact that the mission radically changed from 2014 on when the United States and NATO dramatically withdrew troops, moving from 70, 80,000 troops in Afghanistan every year down to about 10,000 troops. And at the very end of this mission, 2,500 troops in Afghanistan acting as a cork in the bottle. And Joe Biden decided that we were going to pull out and then everything that happened was going to happen. Now, what you're hearing from Joe Biden's defenders is, well, this was this is why we needed to leave, don't you see? This is why. Okay, that is a bizarre argument. So here is my argument. My argument is that Joe Biden's decision to leave and his decision to leave in the way that he left meant that this was going to happen, and then it happened. The proof that I was right and the proof that everyone who criticized Joe Biden was correct is that everything we said would pass came to pass. That is the proof. Joe Biden's argument is, if we had stayed, the same thing would have happened. The evidence of this has not been provided. The suggestion that Joe Biden has been making, which is that if we stayed, inevitably we would be drawn back into an Afghan war involving tens of thousands of American troops, is asinine on its face. There's no evidence to support that. 
And yet that is the entire justification for a thing that he did that has now resulted in precisely the result that he said he was attempting to avoid. This president is a joke. This policy was a joke. The bravery of our guys in the face and, and, and women who are there in the face of what of the limits that have been placed on them by this stupid half-assed administration led by the vaunted foreign policy team that brought you the Iran deal and the Iraq pullout leading to the right of ISIS. Those same people have constructed this one. The bravery of the American service members who have put themselves in harm's way under these restrictions is awe-inspiring. Obviously, our prayers go out for their families at this hour. It, it is unbelievable. I mean, they knew that they didn't have enough people to hold the surrounding area of the airport. They knew that Joe Biden had restricted them from going in and performing evacuation missions. They knew that there weren't enough people on the ground, not enough boots on the ground to even do their own security. And yet they were in close contact with Afghans and Americans trying to get them out of the country. It's just, it's, it's awe-inspiring stuff. And, uh, and, and this is the result of crappy policy, of unbelievably horrific policy and immoral policy. It is an immoral policy. What Joe Biden did here is immoral. On every level, it is immoral. According to the New York Times, President Biden and other U.S. officials insisted that the carnage and continued danger would not halt the American-led airlift that after a belated and rocky start has ferried more than 100,000 people out of Afghanistan in the last two weeks. Estimates of the total dead and wounded differed and were rising quickly as different hospitals and officials weighed in. Since the Taliban takeover earlier this month, thousands of Afghan civilians and foreign citizens have gathered at the gates of the airport, which has a military and civilian side desperate to be airlifted out of the country. At times, the area has descended into chaos as people scrambled toward evacuation flights. Two U.S. military officials said evacuation flights were continuing, though it was not clear whether any gates at the airport were open. Most of the bombing victims were Afghan civilians, including families with small children. We'd been seeing the videos over the past few days of what it looked like at Abbey Gate directly outside of the airport. And basically, it looked like a corridor that was completely jam-packed with humanity. In the aftermath of the bombing, the video is available. The, the bodies of those same people are visible, littering the ground, covering it, blanketing the ground. And then today, after the bombing, how bad are things about to be in Afghanistan? Things are about to be so bad in Afghanistan with the Taliban taking over and ISIS and Al-Qaeda in cahoots with the Taliban, at least insofar as performing anti-American acts of terror and anti-Western acts of terror. Things are about to be so bad there that people are still thronging the exact area where 115 people were blown up yesterday. That's how bad things are. Can you imagine in your own life doing that? You went to a crowded, you went to a crowded area. There was a bombing there the next day. And you went back there to same crowd. You decided to go back there the next day, knowing the threat was still there. That's how bad things are over in Afghanistan. And that is completely the creation of Joe Biden. The excuses that have been made by the Biden administration for turning tail and running. And that's that's what's going to happen here, right? I mean, we are going to turn tail. They're going to run. We're going to remove all of our troops. They're going to leave Americans stuck there and Afghan citizens stuck there and American green card holders stuck there and people who worked with us stuck there. We're not talking like a few dozen. We're talking thousands of people. We're going to leave to the mercies of the Taliban or ISIS or Al-Qaeda, whoever gets to them first. And that's the fate that Americans can await in Afghanistan. If ISIS reaches you first, presumably they'll behead you. If the Taliban reaches you, they'll presumably hold you hostage until Joe Biden pays them some money or gives them some more billions of dollars in American military gear. Brought about completely by Joe Biden. 
Now, all of this could have been prevented, even if you believed in the pullout, which again, I think is idiotic policy. I think that the arguments made that, oh, we had to end our endless war. It doesn't count as an endless war when you have 2,500 troops on the ground and zero combat casualties for the last 18 months. In that case, Bali is an endless war. Our troop presence in South Korea is an endless war. Our troop presence in Italy is an endless war. When you're not taking combat casualties and you have a small footprint, that does no longer count as an endless war. But in any case, even if you believe that we should have been pulling the troops out, doing so without even securing the airbase that has multiple runways, without leaving enough troops on the ground to create a buffer zone around that airport is full-scale idiocy. General Mark Milley was asked just a week ago about why we withdrew, for example, from Bagram Air Base, which, remember, we controlled. His answer was that the, the choice was given to him to go down to six to 700 troops. And he was asked, do we protect Bagram Air Base or do we protect the embassy? And he recommended we protect the embassy. The problem there is the limit put on him by Joe Biden. Joe Biden owns this one top to bottom. Liz Sly of the Washington Post reported yesterday the Kabul airport attack has nixed hopes of evacuation for the last thousands still hoping to make it out. I'm hearing the U.S. military is sealing shut the airport gates. The casualty numbers are growing by the minute. A tragedy piled on a tragedy. Alex Thompson, the White House reporter and co-author of Politico's West Wing Playbook, wrote, increasingly looking like U.S. will end up leaving behind a thousand plus Americans. And many times, as many Afghans who assisted the United States will have to try to evacuate them in different ways after August 31st without U.S. troop presence. The, uh, the State Department says, we're in contact with the roughly 1,000 Americans we believe remain in Afghanistan. Notice the language here. They're excluding green card holders. Right? Green card holders are people who have the legal right to live in the United States, legal permanent residents of the United States. Remember, for, for the media and for the government, green card holders matter when the Saudis are killing them. When the Taliban are killing them, they don't matter at all. When Jamal Khashoggi, a legal green card holder of the United States, is murdered by the Saudi government, that precipitates an international relations crisis. When thousands of American green card holders are left in Afghanistan behind enemy lines. This is not worthy of a mention. According to the State Department, however, the vast majority, over two-thirds of those 1,000 Americans believe that remaining in Afghanistan, informed us they were taking steps to leave. We believe many, if not most, of those individuals are nearly or already out. Oh, well, so that only leaves a few hundred, which is significantly better. Well done, guys. The Pentagon released a statement in the immediate aftermath, giving thoughts and prayers to the wounded. And the Taliban, of course, said it's not our fault. They said it was the U.S.'s fault. The U.S. didn't do proper security. Okay, all of this is madness. But the truest madness of all is the weaponry that we handed to the Taliban, the trust we have now placed in the Taliban. That trust, by the way, means that we literally gave them a list of people to go kill. Okay, so let's start with the weaponry that we're leaving in Afghanistan. So Representative Jim Banks of Indiana, he, uh, he listed off yesterday the resources we just left to the Taliban. The Taliban now has access to over $85 billion worth of American military equipment. That includes 75,000 vehicles, over 200 airplanes and helicopters, over 600,000 small arms and light weapons. The Taliban now has more Black Hawk helicopters than 85% of the countries in the world. But they don't just have weapons. They also have night vision goggles, body armor, medical supplies, and unbelievably, unfathomable to, unfathomable to me and so many others, is that the Taliban now has biometric devices, which have the fingerprints 
ICE scans and the biographical information of the Afghans who helped us over the last 20 years. So all that's going well. And by the way, if, we, if, that doesn't, if that doesn't mean that we failed here, how about the fact that in order to facilitate the evacuation, apparently, U.S. officials in Kabul, you ready for this? They gave the Taliban a list of names of American citizens, green card holders and Afghan allies. They gave them a list. The Taliban, the same people who harbored al-Qaeda before 9-11 and refused to turn them over after 9-11, the same people who have slaughtered tens of thousands of people in Afghanistan, including thousands of American troops. We gave them a list, not just of Americans, but of Afghan allies and green card holders who we are about to abandon in Afghanistan. We gave them a list. So now all they have to do is find those people and kill them. We did that. According to Politico, the move detailed to Politico by three U.S. and congressional officials was designed to expedite the evacuation of tens of thousands of people from Afghanistan as chaos erupted. It also came as the Biden administration has been relying on the Taliban for security outside the airport. Since the fall of Kabul in mid-August, nearly 100,000 people have been evacuated, most of whom had to pass through the Taliban's many checkpoints. But the decision to provide specific names to the Taliban, which has a history of brutally murdering Afghans who collaborated with the United States and other coalition forces during the conflict, has angered lawmakers and military officials. Basically, they just put all those Afghans on a kill list, said one defense official. It's just appalling and shocking. It makes you feel unclean. Um, yes. And so in just a second, we'll get to the administration's response to all of this, because it is astonishing. It is degrading. It demonstrates that the, the greatest power in world history has been laid low by our own bloated inefficiency, stupidity, and lack of moral rigor. That we have decided as a society, if we, if we decide to okay this sort of behavior, we have decided as a society, as I said yesterday, to, to fatten ourselves up, eat a bunch of potato chips, slip into a warm bath, and slit our own wrists. As a society, that is what we have decided to do if this is the sort of action by an administration we have decided to okay politically. It's unbelievable. And by the way, it came from the top. This, did, this was no one else's decision. The buck stops with Biden. Biden was the formulator of this policy. Biden was the advocate of this policy. Biden is the person who lied repeatedly on behalf of this policy. We'll go through the timeline in just a little while here as to how many times this administration lied leading up to the murder of 13 American service members in Afghanistan. And it may not be the end of the story in terms of how many people are murdered in this immediate round. And it certainly isn't going to be the end of the story in terms of the geopolitical ramifications of giving our enemies half of our military technology via Afghanistan, as well as the impetus to move against all of our allies. We'll get to all of this in just one second. First, let us talk about the fact that you can get a special, special gift for the special woman in your life, whether it is mom, whether it's your wife, whether it's your girlfriend, whether it's your sister. There's just, there's great jewelry that you can get out there. The best jewelry I can think of at the best possible price comes from the Pearl Source. At Pearl Source, you get the highest quality pearl jewelry at up to 70% off retail prices. Why? Because the Pearl Source cuts out the middleman by eliminating traditional five times markups by jewelry stores and selling directly to you, the consumer. They have the largest selection of pearls available anywhere in the world. Each jewelry piece is custom made for you. The Pearl Source offers fast and free two-day shipping on every order. Everything comes beautifully packaged in an elegant jewelry box, so it's ready to be given as a gift. And if you're not sure that she's going to love your taste, no worries. The Pearl Source comes with a no-hassle 60-day money-back guarantee. It is risk-free. I know the people over at the Pearl Source, super trustworthy. I'm not the only person who trusts them. They have nearly 13,000 five-star reviews. Don't overpay for jewelry. Go to the Pearl Source. Save up to 70% off retail prices. Some of my favorite pieces I've given to my wife come courtesy of the Pearl Source. Also, the Pearl Source is now having their end-of-summer sale. It's going on right now. For a limited time, listeners to my show can take an additional 15% off 
already discounted prices, go to thepearlsource.com slash Ben. Enter promo code Ben at checkout for 15% off your entire order. If you want fine pearl jewelry at the best prices online, go straight to the source, the pearl source. Again, that's thepearlsource.com backslash Ben. Enter promo code Ben at checkout, and you can take an additional 15% off their already discounted prices. Alrighty, so the first response that came yesterday was the Pentagon. The State Department said, we called the lid, no press conference, which is kind of amazing since it's the State Department's job to, you know, facilitate the matters of state. It is the State Department's job to facilitate the exit of people trying to get out, to deal with the visa issues. It is the State Department's job to do the interfacing with the Taliban. But yesterday, there was no press conference from the State Department. Fine. So you got instead a press conference from the Pentagon. The person who was speaking via telephone was General Kenneth McKenzie of CENTCOM. And he admitted, we are now relying on the Taliban for security. That's what we did. We We decided that what would be a great idea, just follow the logic here for a second. We were going, we said to the Taliban, it is now your job to prevent terrorists from attacking United States interests. Now, if only we had some sort of historical incident that might tell us whether that's a good idea or not. If only we had some sort of predicate to determine whether it would be a great idea to trust the Taliban to fight terrorism. Like, let's say that there had been a power in Afghanistan from 1996 to 2001. And let's say that they had harbored a fugitive named Osama bin Laden and his entire Al-Qaeda network base. And let's say that from Afghanistan, Al-Qaeda had then launched attacks on U.S. embassies in Kenya, Tanzania, on the USS Cole, and finally and most spectacularly on September 11th. And let's say that the United States had then approached the Taliban and said, guys, you need to hand over bin Laden or we're going to destroy your entire regime. And they had said, fine, come get us. Why, it's almost as though when you trust the Taliban to prevent terrorism, they immediately proceed. I mean, immediately. The Taliban has been in charge of Kabul for less than 10 days. They immediately proceed to let in all the terrorists. Remember, Joe Biden said that the mission in Afghanistan was to prevent terrorism. I've noticed a few terrorists in Afghanistan recently. I don't know if you noticed it. I noticed it among like all the dead bodies of the babies and the U.S. service members. I noticed there was a little terrorism that the Taliban had been not only okay with, but um, they were the ones in charge of security. And yet, the U.S. has now been forced into the position of relying on a bunch of, eight, I keep saying it because it's true, a bunch of barbarian 8th century goat herders who have now seized our equipment because we are pathetic. And I mean our political leadership, not our military, our political leadership. And some members of our military leadership as well, because somebody needs to lose their ass over this. Somebody needs to get fired. Okay, and by the way, the person who should resign is Joe Biden, who is a disgrace to his office. But don't worry, we'll get to slow old senile Joe in a second. Okay, here is the general of CENTCOM, Kenneth McKenzie, explaining, don't worry, we're relying on the Taliban for security, and so far it's been going great, guys. We believe it is their desire to continue those attacks, and we expect those attacks to continue. And we're doing everything we can to be prepared for those attacks. That includes reaching out to the Taliban, who are actually providing the outer security cordon around the airfield, to make sure they know what we expect them to do to protect us. And we will continue to coordinate with them as, as they go forward. They're protecting us now, the Taliban. Now, Mackenzie was asked a pretty obvious question, which is, do we even know if the Taliban let this happen? Because here's the thing. The Taliban have real, really, they have very little interest in preventing this sort of stuff. Because, as we will see, the United States has no ability, capacity, or will to hold them accountable. So let's say that you hire a security team for a wedding, and the security team utterly fails, or they completely fail, and somebody comes in and robs all the jewelry. You then presumably, will sue the security team, right? You'll hold the security team responsible because it's their job to provide the security. However, 
If you hire a security team and you inform them beforehand, you will not be held responsible for anything that happens at this wedding. Nothing. Now, we're just going to say that you're the best we've got, and that's it. What is to prevent the security team from saying to thieves, guys, go in and steal all the jewelry? It'll split the take later. What exactly is the Taliban's interest in preventing terror attacks on American targets? Humiliating America in the face of the Taliban, weakening America in the face of the Taliban. What is, like, what is the Taliban's actual interest, except they are afraid of U.S. retaliation? And if you remove the threat of U.S. retaliation from the Taliban, which is precisely what this administration has done, why exactly do they care? I'm not even saying that they coordinated the attack. I'm saying, why would they care if the attack takes place if you're not holding them responsible? So here was McKenzie explaining, we don't even know if the Taliban let this happen. We have no idea. Do you still trust the Taliban? And is it possible that they let this happen? So as to whether or not they let it happen, I don't know. I don't think there's anything to anything to convince me that they let it happen. As to whether or not I trust them, that's a that's not necessarily a, that's a word I use very carefully. You've heard me say before, it's not what they say, it's what they do. They have a practical reason for wanting us to get out of here by the 31st of August, and that's that they want to reclaim they want to reclaim the airfield. Uh, we we want to get out by that day too, if it's going to be possible to do so. Okay, and um, our reaction, by the way, here's the the reality. They want us out. We want to get out. And if there's a terrorist attack, we're still, we're still getting out. So now what's their interest? You skewed the incentive structure, you idiots. You skewed the incentive structure. If there's no retaliatory response requiring a longer American presence, why does the Taliban care if Americans get murdered in large numbers or American citizens or Afghans outside the gates? All right, so all this was the lead up to the our, our absent president of the United States, a fool, a moral idiot. The president of the United States is not with us. He is no longer sentient. And honestly, as I said at the beginning, I don't know whether to blame his mental incompetence or his moral incompetence for this one. Do I blame the fact that he thought through the strategy or do I blame the fact that he is not with us? It's hard to tell on a day-to-day basis. We'll get to that in just one second. First, Let us talk about the fact that right now is a challenging time for employers. Why? Well, there are a lot of employees out there and employers have to find the right ones and they really have to incentivize them because a lot of people are staying out of the workforce. Well, if you're an employer and you need the best employees, the best place to go is, of course, to ZipRecruiter.com. Right now, tons of businesses are reopening. That means millions of jobs will need to be filled. So where do those businesses turn to fill those roles fast? They turn to ZipRecruiter. Right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Wire. When you post a job on ZipRecruiter, they send your job to over 100 top job sites, giving you access to their network of millions of job seekers. ZipRecruiter's matching technology scans resumes to find qualified candidates for your open roles and proactively presents them to you. You can easily review recommended candidates and invite your top choices to apply for your job, which encourages them to apply faster. According to ZipRecruiter internal data, jobs where employers invite candidates to apply get two and a half times more candidates. ZipRecruiter's technology is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the very first day. Right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash DailyWire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash D-A-I-L-Y-W-I-R-E. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash DailyWire. ZipRecruiter is indeed the smartest way to hire. All right, so yesterday, the president of the United States doddered out to the podium, took about four or five questions, and then doddered off. He had called a presser for 5 p.m. in which he was going to speak. And um, he then showed up at approximately 5.25, which is his wand. Barack Obama used to do the same thing. 
It is highly irritating. On a day when you are supposed to be speaking to the, the family members of dead service people, you really should show up on time. Okay, so that was, you know, of minor consequence. What was of major consequence is this befuddled, senility-ridden old man, incapable of running his own administration, incapable of coming up with a coherent policy, presiding over administration that withdrew from Afghanistan for no apparent reason, for no gain. We get nothing out of this. We withdrew for no reason whatsoever. And then we proceeded to withdraw in the stupidest possible way while lying every step of the way. And now we are trusting the Taliban to do our security. And now we are giving the Taliban kill lists of people who worked with us. This fool, this ridiculous fool, he should, if he had any honor at all, he'd resign. Of course he won't. He is a, he is a disgrace to his office. He's a disgrace to the United States. It saddens me to see our president, because he is the elected president of the United States. The fact that our president is this is an embarrassment. It is a moral, it's a moral embarrassment. He is a his his presence in the Oval Office is a blot on the office. And that's saying a lot, because we've had a lot of bad presidents in the past. This is the most disgraceful foreign policy decision and an act of malpractice I've seen in my entire lifetime. And for people older than me, it's still true. He decided apparently that the best foreign policy here was a mashup of the fall of Saigon, the Iran hostage crisis, the bombing of the USS Barrack, the US barracks in Lebanon in 1982, and Iran-Contra shipping weapons to the enemy. For no gain, actually, at least in, in Iran-Contra, we were attempting to do something good. Here we just handed over $85 billion in military equipment to the worst people on earth. So Joe Biden finally wanders out to the microphones and he begins. And I have to say, I was shocked, shocked by his appearance. He has looked as though he is falling apart for a long time. He looked barely warmed over. He sounded awful. He was stumbling over every word. He was utterly incoherent. It was, it was as though he had just escaped from a nursing home. It was, it was an ama- just visually speaking, optically speaking, it was an amazingly embarrassing moment. Here's the president. Of, this is what it sounded like when, when the president of the United States. Remember, this is the day 13 American service members were murdered by terrorists on his watch because of policies he created. And instead of him coming out there and looking strong and tough, instead of him coming out there and, and looking as though our enemy should be afraid of us, he looked beaten. He looked defeated. He looked not just old, but decrepit. Here was Joe Biden yesterday. A tough day. This evening in Kabul, as you all know, terrorists attacked that we've been talking about and worried about, that the intelligence community has assessed, uh, has undertaken an attack by a group known as ISIS-K, took the lives of American service members. That's how he opened. That was his opening. And that alone, America's enemies must be drooling over this, over this person. They must be drooling over the dead horse that we've thrown out there. Okay, then he moved on in his speech to paying tribute to the service members, but he couldn't help himself. He had to then brag about the effectiveness of this evacuation mission. He's still using the talking points from 48 hours ago. You remember about 48 hours ago, the administration started moving on from the talking point of this is a brilliant idea to 
our evacuation has been shockingly successful. You know, with the Afghans falling from the wheel wells of planes onto the tarmac. You know, the evacuation is actually a bit like we deserve credit. Yesterday, the DNC was sending out emails bragging about how successful this evacuation was, which, as I said on the show, is the equivalent of the captain of that Titanic not accidentally hitting the iceberg, deliberately looking at the iceberg, saying, I'm going to ram this sucker directly into the iceberg. The boat starts taking on water. He rushes up to the top deck. He unleashes the lifeboats. He says, everybody in the lifeboats, two thirds of the people get out. And he says, what an unbelievable captain I am. I have set the Guinness Book of World Records record for the most people evacuated from a lifeboat. Okay, that is what the administration has been doing. So he's paying tribute to the service members yesterday who deserve all the credit in the world, but he can't help himself praising his own mission here. These American service members who gave their lives, it's an overused word, but it's totally appropriate here, were heroes. Heroes who've been engaged in a dangerous, selfless mission to save the lives of others. They're a part of an airlift, an evacuation effort unlike any scene in history, with more than 100,000 American citizens American partners, Afghans who helped us, and others taking the safety. Again, that's him praising his own mission. That's him praising his own mission, which is a failure. Okay, then Joe Biden did what the media love when he does. He did the empathy thing, right? And, and by empathy, it means that he, 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 he tried to speak to what it feels like to be in this. You know what? None of those families would be mourning their sons and daughters today. None of them, if it had not been for this man's policies. So... I wonder how many of them really want to hear it from the president of the United States. But this is what he was elected to do. He was elected to empathize, not to proceed with good policy, not to protect Americans, because we're going to leave at the very least hundreds, probably thousands of Americans and green card holders behind enemy lines. He was elected to emote. He's the emoter in chief. And so here he was last night trying to paper over his gross incompetence and malpractice with a bit of uh, with a bit of sentimentality. We have some sense, like many of you do, what the families of these brave heroes are feeling today. You get this feeling like you're being sucked into a black hole in the middle of your chest. There's no way out. My heart aches for you. This is utterly insincere. I'm sorry, it is. You are responsible for that policy. You're responsible for, like, I'd love to hear from the members of the military families as to what they feel, because there are 17 million people who've served in the American military over the, over the course of time who are alive in the United States right now. 800,000 people have served in Afghanistan proper. And I've talked to many, many Afghan veterans, Afghan war veterans over the course of the last several weeks. I can't name one of them who wants to hear emoting from Joe Biden as he proceeds to, to, to sully their legacy subject all of their allies to the threat of death from the Taliban, and now to actual death at the hands of ISIS-K. Okay, then Joe Biden had to uh, make excuses for the Taliban, right? So here's part of the policy. Part of the policy is now, just as it was with the Iran deal with the Obama administration, that once you make a deal with the devil, you have to make excuses for why the devil isn't actually the devil. Now Joe Biden is making excuses for the Taliban. So remember, the entire incentive structure for the Taliban to protect Americans as they leave is that if the Taliban don't, we might stay and retaliate against them. But Joe Biden has removed all of that by making excuses for the Taliban because he has to cover his own political ass in case the Taliban turn out to be the bad guys we know they are. So here he was yesterday blaming ISIS-K, but relieving the Taliban of responsibility. That was the important thing. 
Over the past few weeks, <clears throat> I know you're many of you are probably tired of hearing me say it. Yes. We've been made aware by our intelligence community that the ISIS-K, an arch enemy, the Taliban, people who were freed when both those prisons were opened, has been planning a complex set of attacks on the United States personnel and others. This is why, from the outset, I've repeatedly said this mission was extraordinarily dangerous and on why I've been so determined to limit the duration of this mission. Okay, so our mush-mouthed president then makes a mush-headed argument. This is his argument all the way through. If bad things happen in Afghanistan because we took the cork out of the bottle, then clearly they would have happened if we hadn't taken the cork out of the bottle. That is the argument. So if, if we did X and Y happened, then certainly if we had not done X, Y definitely would have happened, but way worse. I'm sorry, but your counterfactual no longer applies. You did X and Y happened. And it was perfectly predictable that Y would happen. So by the way, he's now making excuses for why we should cut and run. So there is a bombing. It kills Americans. Instead of him saying, we're going to stay long enough to get every American citizen out. And if you touch us, we will kill you, which is what any normal American president would say. His argument is, look, something bad happened yesterday. That's an excuse for us to get out even faster. It just shows why we need to get out super fast. Okay, then Joe Biden says, we, uh, we're, we're going to complete the mission. Okay, but of course, he has defined the mission as getting out by August 31st. The timeline is the mission for Joe Biden. Normally, you define the timeline on the back of what you need to accomplish. Normally, if I decide that we need as a company to achieve a certain thing, we then say, how long will it take to achieve this thing? And then we define the timeline by what we are seeking to achieve. In this particular case, Joe Biden defined the timeline and the mission is now the timeline, which means a lot of people are gonna get stuck over there. Here is Joe Biden trying to make excuses for this. We can and we must complete this mission and we will. And that's what I've ordered them to do. We will not be deterred by terrorists. We will not let them stop our mission. We will continue the evacuation. I've also ordered my commanders to develop operational plans to strike ISIS-K assets, leadership, and facilities. We will respond with force and precision at our time, at the place we choose, in the moment of our choosing. Okay, that part is the best part, right? So he says, we're going to get them. We're going after them. We're going to, sometime in the future... Later, when I want to, not right now. That's what that means. That means ISIS just killed Americans and they're going to get away with it because guess what? In three days, okay, it is now the 27th. In three to four days, we are gone. We do not have any assets on the ground. We do not have any allies on the ground. We don't have eyes on the ground. Okay, all this talk about how we are going to go after the ISIS, he, he's hoping you forget. That's what's going to happen here. That's what he's hoping. Of course he wasn't going to say, because for him to retaliate now means you need more troops on the ground, not fewer. So instead, he's just doing this. We'll push it off, you know. We'll, we'll get them at a time. It sounds strong. It is actually weak, obviously. Okay, and then uh, he just tells a series of lies that are meant to make you feel comfortable, but, but are just lies. Here's what you need to know. These ISIS terrorists will not win. We will rescue the Americans in there. Nope. We will get our Afghan allies out. Nope. And our mission will go on. Nope. America will not be intimidated. Nope. 
has four direct lies in, the, I mean, five actually, in a row. The ISIS terrorists will not win. They already have you handed them Kabul. We'll rescue the Americans in there. You're not. We haven't been doing large-scale extraction missions to rescue Americans in there. And you've already admitted hundreds, if not thousands of Americans will remain after we leave. We'll get our Afghan allies out. Nope, you just handed a list of them to the Taliban so the Taliban can go shoot them and kill their families. Our mission will go on. Nope, your mission is over in four days. America will not be intimidated. Too late, you jackass. Too late. You're the president of the United States babbling nonsensically like a mental ward patient about how the Taliban are our friends now. Okay, there's more of this. Okay, it didn't stop. It didn't stop. And by the way, we haven't even gotten to the series of lies that led up to this because that this man is a damned liar and Americans are dead because this man is a liar. And thousands of Americans and American green card holders are stuck under the auspices of the Taliban because this man is a fool and a liar and a disgrace to his office. We'll get to more of this in just one second. First, let us talk about another podcast you should give a listen to when you have the time. We've got a very different kind of sponsor for this episode, The Jordan Harbinger Show. It's a podcast you really should give a listen to. I know every day somebody tells you you have to listen to some podcast or other, and you nod and say, sure, and then you forget about it. Don't let that happen here. Jordan's show, which Apple named one of its best of 2018, is aimed at making you a better informed, more critical thinker so you can get a sense of how the world actually works and come to your own conclusions about what's happening even inside your brain. Each episode is a conversation with a different, fascinating guest. In one episode, Jordan tells the story of a cinematographer who discovered a lost city in the jungle and made one of the most important archaeological finds of the century. Another reason to support Jordan is that the woke mob is going after him because his show has a lot of opinion makers who the left doesn't particularly like. So go check out Jordan's show today. It is definitely worth the listen. You learn something new every time you listen to an episode. We here at The Daily Wire enjoy the show. We think you will as well. There's a lot more here. Check out jordanharbinger.com slash start for some episode recommendations or search for The Jordan Harbinger Show. That's H-A-R-B as in boy, I-N as in Nancy, G-E-R, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We're going to get to more of our doddering, foolish old president in just one second. First, as the legacy media continues to spin the news, our newest podcast, Morning Wire, continues topping the Apple and Spotify charts. And we're continuing our commitment to bring you the news without a hidden agenda. It's the only daily podcast that values your time and the truth. And while we're working overtime to bring you the news you need to know, we need your help to keep the facts trending toward number one. So subscribe, start listening now to Morning Wire on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts, leave a five-star review. If you like what you hear, I think you will. Also, if you want the news that other outlets won't cover, you need the Daily Wire's Reader's Pass. It is perfect for you. For just four bucks a month, you will unlock exclusive access to editorial content you won't get anywhere else. And right now, get a free four-week trial when you sign up at dailywire.com slash subscribe. Hurry, because this deal will not last forever. You will find trending political and cultural topics penned by everybody from Candace Owens to me and Matt Walsh and Nikki Haley and pretty much everybody else. Take, for example, my latest piece. Here's what went wrong in Afghanistan and what we should have done differently. Or... Check out our Reader's Past Collections, different series of articles on a given subject. Current collections include the Hunter Biden Files and BLM, the organization behind a movement. When you sign up with Reader's Pass, you also get access to the Morning Wire newsletter, a Monday through Saturday email covering the top stories you need to know, available only to Daily Wire members. All of this can be yours for just four bucks a month and act fast to get your free four-week trial at dailywire.com slash subscribe. It's a great deal. It's also never been a better time to take it. So what exactly are you waiting for? Get informed, get a Reader's Pass today. You're listening to the largest, fastest growing conservative podcast and radio show in the nation. All right, so President Biden's lies and foolishness didn't stop last night halfway through his little address. He continued along these lines. He, he tried to blame everybody except for himself. So as we'll see later, he tried to blame Trump. 
but he blamed his military commanders by saying, it's, you know, we were all unanimous on this. Um, no, you weren't. And we have information suggesting your military commanders were basically all warning you back in February, March, that this was going to happen. And you ignored them because you are a nitwit. Here is our, our nitwitted president of the United States. There has been complete unanimity from every commander on the objectives of this mission. Nope. Nope. Unless by unanimity on the objectives of the mission, you mean you told them exactly what you wanted to happen and how many troops they could have to do it. And then they had to somehow scramble to make that happen for you. Okay, so Joe Biden concludes his speech. And again, so much of this was optic as well. If you watched it in real time, he's just not there. He's not there. I won't even say that the lights are on, but nobody's home. The lights are not even on. Several of the light bulbs are out. There was the president of the United States who was an embarrassing display last night. May God bless you all. and May God protect the troops and all those standing watch for America. We have so much to do. It's within our capacity to do it. We just have to remain steadfast. Steadfast. We will complete our mission and we will continue after our troops have withdrawn to find means by which we can find any American who wishes to get out of Afghanistan. We will find them and we will get them out. So that is him admitting that Americans are going to be left behind fully in his doddering and confused fashion. Okay, then he took a few questions. From a list, as always. And he admits right up front, they gave me a list. Who is they? You know, have you ever heard? He, it's such a weird tick. And he does it nearly all the time now. They gave me a list. Who, your night nurse? Who gave you the list? Why do you have a list? Why can't you just call on people? Are you incapable of pointing your finger? Here was Joe Biden explaining. They, they, they you know, the same nice lady who, uh, who, who gives me my pills every morning gave me this list here. Ladies and gentlemen, they gave me a list here. The first person I was instructed to call on was Kelly O'Donnell of NBC. The first person I was instructed to call on. What in the actual? Okay, so um, one of the first questions is, did you make a mistake in working with the Taliban? And of course, he's like, I've never made a mistake in my entire life. And some criticism, uh, even from people in your party, about the dependence on the Taliban to secure the perimeter of the airport. Do you, do you feel like there was a, a mistake uh, made in that regard? No, I, I, I don't. Look, um, no one trusts them. We're just counting on their self-interest to continue to generate their activities. And it's in their self-interest that we leave when we said and that we get as many people out as we can. That last part is just a lie. Why is it in their interest that we get as many people out as we can? It's in their interest that we leave when we say we're going to leave because they want us out. That part's true. But you already guaranteed we're leaving. So there's no countervailing factor there. If I say I'm leaving no matter what, no matter what, which is what Biden has said over and over and over and over again. What's the obligation on them? And by the way, it is not in their interest that everybody leaves with the United States. It's very much in their interest that they have a bunch of hostages that they can hold over the head of the United States. So the U.S. has no option but continuing to funnel the money and make nice with them. Everybody knows this. Okay, now, it get, it, it's, it's pretty incredible. Um, 
he is asked specifically at one point about this Politico story I mentioned earlier, that the United States handed a list, essentially a kill list to the Taliban. And Joe Biden is not with us. He is not in the loop. He is not mentally there. This is an amazing, unbelievable, discombobulated answer. So, yes, there have been occasions like that. And to the best of my knowledge, in those cases, the bulk of that has occurred. They've been let through. But I can't tell you with any certitude that there's actually been a list of names. I know there may have been, but I know of no circumstance. It doesn't mean it's not didn't exist that here's the names of 12 people. They're coming. Let them through. It could very well have happened. That very well could have happened. You're the president of the United States of America. Isn't it of relevance to you whether the U.S. military under your direct command is handing lists of Afghans who worked with us to the Taliban? It very well could have happened. Alrighty then, this is just, it's so beautiful. He's asked, does he bear responsibility for this? And Joe Biden's like, this is by Peter Ducey. And, um, and he says he does bear responsibility, but, but, here we go. I bear responsibility for fundamentally all that's happened of late. But here's the deal. You know, I wish you one day say these things. You know, as well as I do, that the former president made a deal with the Taliban. Okay, again, you know that it's, I take the blame, but uh, it, it's Trump, but it's Trump. Weird, because you said in an open interview that whether or not Trump had done anything, you would have done exactly the same thing. And then, of course, he poses the false alternative. We had to do it this way, this unbelievably crappy way, or we'd have to pour thousands of more troops into Afghanistan. And also, we've accomplished our objectives, which is weird, because our objective presumably was to fight terrorism, as Joe Biden's about to say. I noticed some terrorism yesterday against Americans. I'd have only one alternative. Pour thousands of more troops back into Afghanistan to fight a war that we had already won relative to why the reason we went in the first place. I have never been of the view. Okay, we can stop it there. When he says that we could fight pour more troops into Afghanistan to fight a war we'd already won relative to why we went. And then he later he says, we went to prevent Al-Qaeda from being in Afghanistan. Well, um, you know, it was preventing Al-Qaeda from being in Afghanistan. Us being there with a skeleton crew of 2,500 people. That's what was happening. Okay, the, uh, the lasting images from this presser are not going to be any of the things he said. It's just going to be the images. And there were two particular ones that came out. One was Joe Biden, like a small child being called on in class without having done his homework, burying his face in the podium, essentially, as Peter Ducey asks him a difficult question. Here's what that looked like. No, 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 wait a minute. I'm asking you a question. Is that, is that accurate? The best of you or not? What? I think they have an issue. That image of the old man clutching a binder to his chest and lowering his head as though he is being victimized and put upon after 13 American service members die in service to his garbage mission. That is an unbelievable image. And then it finishes with um, him saying he has to leave because, you know, he has another meeting for real, guys, for real. Basically, you said you squarely stand by your decision to pull out. Yes, I do. Because look at it this way, folks. And I'm going to I have another meeting for real. I have another meeting for real. Oh, as opposed to for fake. This, what a disgrace he is. What a disgrace he is. OK, but to understand the true disgrace that Joe Biden is, you have to actually follow the timeline of what he has been saying for months. 
and all the lies his administration has been telling because the lies never stopped at any point, at any point. And he's going to continue to lie. When he says, I'm getting Americans out, I'm getting all the Afghan allies out, we're going to perform missions, we're going to go get it. Do you believe a word that comes out of his drooling mouth? Do you believe a word that comes from this man? If you do, you are a fool because we're about to play an entire timeline of the stuff that Joe Biden has said since April when he announced we were pulling out. He has not said a true thing this entire way. So let's begin. This begins April 14th. This is when Joe Biden announced that we were leaving. Here's how he described the operation that was going to lead to our exit in Afghanistan. We'll not conduct a hasty rush to the exit. We'll do it. We'll do it responsibly, deliberately and safely. And we will do it in full coordination with our allies and partners who now have more forces in Afghanistan than we do. And the Taliban should know that if they attack us as we draw down, we will defend ourselves and our partners with all the tools at our disposal. Oh, really? Um, So, yeah, um, not a word of that was true. Responsibly, in coordination with our allies. Our allies think we're a bunch of idiots because the president is. So he betrayed our allies. He betrayed the Afghans. We didn't do this responsibly. We didn't do this deliberately. So that was just a lie. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, when we say something is free, it should mean, you know, free. No strings attached, no hidden costs, no fine print to decipher. When you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks monthly for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. Pure Talk saves the average family almost $1,000 a year. Plus, with Pure Talk, you know you're spending your hard-earned money with a company that aligns with your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Head on over to puretalk.com Shapiro. Claim eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com Shapiro and switch to my cell phone company. I've been using Pure Talk myself for years at this point. They are excellent. They've got great coverage and they don't hate your guts. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro and switch on over. Fast forward to July. This, of course, is his most famous lie when he says this isn't going to be anything like the fall of Saigon. He's right. It's way worse than the fall of Saigon. Do you see any parallels between this withdrawal and what happened in Vietnam with some people feeling? None whatsoever. Zero. What you had is you had entire brigades breaking through the gates of our embassy. Six, if I'm not mistaken. The Taliban is not the the North Vietnamese army. They're not they're not remotely comparable in terms of capability. There's going to be no circumstance where you see people being lifted off the roof of a embassy in the, of the United States from Afghanistan. It is not at all comfortable. Not comfortable. I mean, that, that's good to know. It's not comfortable. Um, so that was July 8th. Kidman, that was a lie. Everybody knew that was a lie. And this notion that, that it was like a giant shock, it's just not true. It wasn't a giant shock. Okay, so he was lying on April 14th when he said that this would be a, a considered move and the Taliban wouldn't take over the country and all that. Then on July 8th, he said that they're not like the Viet Cong and this wouldn't be like Saigon. So he was lying then. Now, fast forward to the last week and a half or so. So today is August 27th. So all of this stuff that we are about to examine is from the last 11 days. The number of lies this president and his administration have told in the last 11 days boggles the mind. But they think that you are a fool and they think that you don't follow this stuff. And so they assume that they'll be able to get away with this. The most humiliating foreign policy debacle of my lifetime, bar none. Okay, so let's fast forward to August 16th. 
Joe Biden says the buck stops with him. And the reason that we are leaving is because we can't take more casualties, thousands of more casualties. Again, this was a lie when he said it. We had taken zero American casualties in combat since February of 2020, at the moment that he said this, on August 16th. He said the buck stops with him. This is designed to prevent American casualties. Uh, I noticed a few American casualties yesterday. I am president of the United States of America, and the buck stops with me. I'm deeply saddened by the facts we now face. But I do not regret my decision to end America's war fighting in Afghanistan and maintain a laser focus on our counterterrorism missions there and other parts of the world. I cannot and will not ask our troops to fight on endlessly in another, in another country's civil war, taking casualties, suffering life-shattering injuries, leaving families broken by grief and loss. This is not in our national security interest. Okay, keeping 2,500 troops there with zero combat casualties since February was not in our national security interest. Withdrawing them so that 13 of them could be murdered at the hands of ISIS-K, that was definitely in our national interest. That was August 16th. Fast forward two days. Joe Biden has watched as the withdrawal has turned into a debacle already. By this point, we've already seen the video of Afghans falling from the bottom of planes trying to escape the clutches of the Taliban. He does an interview with George Stephanopoulos on August 18th. And um, he says nobody has died at knock on wood. Pathetic. Still a lot of pandemonium outside the airport. Well, there is, but look, but no one's being killed right now. Mm. God, forgive me for if I'm wrong about that, but no one's being killed right now. God forbid, I mean, God, if, if I'm wrong about that, no one's being By the way, by, by the point he said that, people had already been killed outside the airport. Like seven people had already died during the evacuation by that point. Now, the new death toll, as of this moment, has now stretched all the way up to something like 170 people are dead. 170, including the 13 U.S. service members and 18 more wounded. Okay, then that same interview, Joe Biden says, we're not going to leave Americans or American allies behind. A lie. All troops are supposed to be out by August 31st. Even if Americans and our Afghan allies are still trying to get out, they're going to leave. We're going to do everything in our power to get all Americans out and our allies out. Um, nope. Nope. So he's lying then. Okay, fast forward two days after that. Now we're only six days, we're now seven days ago. Okay, this is August 20th. Joe Biden, again, reiterates, we are not going to leave Americans behind. He was lying. Let me be clear. Any American who wants to come home, we will get you home. Nope. Wrong. Lie. Hey, also, that same presser, he says, you know, the good news is Al-Qaeda is not in Afghanistan. Uh, there's only one problem. Everyone knew Al-Qaeda was in Afghanistan. Not only is al-Qaeda in Afghanistan, you know the people who are actually handling the, the security around the airport for the Taliban? Our trusted partners over here? You know who it is? It's the so-called Haqqani Network. What is the Haqqani Network? It's an al-Qaeda offshoot. Not only is al-Qaeda in Afghanistan, they're handling the security at the airport Joe Biden is trusting. This man is a disgrace and a liar. Let's put this thing in perspective here. What interest do we have in Afghanistan at this point with Al-Qaeda gone. We went to Afghanistan for the express purpose of getting rid of Al-Qaeda in Afghanistan, as well as, as well as getting Osama bin Laden. And we did. Oh, did we? Al-Qaeda is still in Afghanistan. And by the way, so is ISIS. And the people we handed the country back to are the exact same people who harbored those people. Again, it, it boggles the mind. 
that we are supposed to, like he thinks you are such a moron that, the, that we handed the same country back to the same people who harbored bin Laden and Al-Qaeda. And we're supposed to now treat them as reasonable peace partners as they go around shooting people in the head. They're dragging people out of their homes and shooting them in the head if they worked with the Americans. And Joe Biden says, don't worry, there won't be any uptick in terror while the terrorists are handling the security around the airport. That's how stupid he thinks you are. Hey, that same press conference, August 20th, Joe Biden says, don't worry, any attack on our forces will be met with a swift and forceful response. Well, um, the bombing happened 24 hours ago. We have seen no swift response. We have seen no forceful response. We have seen no response from the president of the United States. We made clear to the Taliban that any attack, any attack on our forces or disruption of our operations at the airport will be met with swift and forceful response. Oh, well, then that's, um, well, yeah, clearly, because he's lying. Okay, fast forward a couple days after that. Now Joe Biden has asked a question about ISIS, and he does what he does best. He runs away because he's a damned coward. Thanks. Mr. President, what about ISIS and the threat that Americans face now? Bye. Catch you later. By the way, that same day, he said that we had expanded the airport safe zone. Right, he said this to the American people, August 22nd. This is five days ago and four days before ISIS just blew everybody up. We have uh, constantly, uh, how can I say it, increased rational access to the airport where more folk can get there more safely. It's still a dangerous operation, but I don't want to go into the detail of how we're doing that. I think you're going to see they're going to get out. Number two, we have made a number of changes, including extending access around the airport and the safe zone. Oh, really? It seemed like that. That seemed like a super safe zone right outside the airport. By all available metrics, it was super safe. Okay, then same day, he says, do we trust the Taliban? I don't trust anyone. I'm just giving them lists of American allies so they can kill them. On the question of the Taliban, do you trust them now? I don't trust anybody, including you. I love you. But, you know, there's not a lot of people I trust. There's not a lot of people I trust. Like, I don't trust you the same way I don't trust the Taliban. Hey, then... His press secretary, Jen Psaki, who is his night nurse, right? That's his actual night nurse. Joe Biden comes out, he craps the bed, and it's Jen Psaki's job to clean it up. Jen Psaki says August 23rd, remember, this is four days ago, three days before what just happened at the airport in terms of the giant ISIS attack. Jen Psaki insisted no Americans are stranded. It's all your imagination. There are no Americans stranded. This lying, dishonest, pathetic administration. Here's Jen Psaki. Does the president have a sense that most of the criticism is not of leaving Afghanistan? It's the way that he has ordered it to happen by pulling the troops before getting these Americans who are now stranded. Does he have a sense of that? First of all, I think it's irresponsible to say Americans are stranded. They are not. We are committed to bringing Americans who want to come home home. We are in touch with them via phone, via text, via email, via any way that we can possibly reach Americans to get them home if they want to return home. There are no Americans stranded is the White House's official position on what's happening in Afghanistan. Right? I'm just calling you out for saying that we are stranding Americans in Afghanistan when I said when we have been very clear that we are not leaving Americans who want to return home. Who wants to return home is always there, a keyword there, because the idea is that we're going to blame the people who remain. Also, we are leaving them behind. Clearly, Joe Biden said it last night. Don't worry, we'll figure out after we're out of there, have no resources on the ground, have zero leverage because we ain't going back in. Then we'll figure out how to get them out. So She was lying then. Next day, she decided, again, this was 
literally two days now before the ISIS attack. She says, um, this is a massive success. I don't think you guys are giving us credit for what a massive success it is for us to load the lifeboats with people after we blew a hole under the waterline of the Titanic, after we dynamited this boat. I don't think you're giving us enough credit for how many people we've offloaded onto the lifeboats. I would say that this is now on track, Peter, to be the largest airlift in U.S. history. Uh, so, and that is uh, bringing American citizens out. It is bringing our Afghan partners out. It is bringing allies out. Uh, so no, I would not say that is anything but a success. It's, she won't say it's anything but a success. There's only one word you can use for what we've been seeing, according to the Biden administration, two days ago. And that's success. Just success. So I leave it to you. Is this administration competent, capable? Are they acting in the best interests of America's future or the American people or indeed in the interests of the American service members? Or is this administration a clown car careening out of control with a senile person at the head of it, occasionally bloviating a particularly stupid idea and everybody rushing to fill the gap? You tell me. There are a lot of dead bodies that tell the story in Kabul today. Alrighty, we'll be back here later today with an additional hour of content first. You cannot forget to end your week by checking out The Andrew Clavin Show. Drew's show is every Friday. He's got an exciting evening planned for you. So head on over to dailywire.com at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central. Tune in. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Andrew Clavin Show, The Michael Knowles Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. Thanks for listening. The Ben Shapiro Show is produced by Elliot Feld. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producer is Mathis Glover. Production manager, Pavel Wydowski. Associate producer, Bradford Carrington. Post producer, Justin Barber. The show is edited by Adam Saievitz. Audio is mixed by Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup is by Fabiola Cristina. Production assistant, Jessica Kranz. The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright, Daily Wire 2021. Hey everybody, this is Andrew Claven, host of The Andrew Claven Show. You know, some people are depressed because the republic is collapsing, the end of days is approaching, and the moon's turned to blood. But on The Andrew Claven Show, that's where the fun just gets started. So come on over to The Andrew Claven Show and laugh your way through the fall of the republic with me, Andrew Claven. Gear up for the great outdoors with Forlo, the brand that's revolutionizing outdoor apparel. Forlo's non-compromised, 100% American-made outdoor apparel protects your body from the elements so that your mind stays focused on the hunt, on the water, or on the trail. Your adventure starts with a solid foundation, which is why Forlo's base layer is designed to provide the comfort and insulation you need to keep going when the temperatures drop. Their uniquely breathable down layer ensures that you stay warm without overheating. And since proper protection goes beyond insulation, the final layer, a waterproof shield, completes the system. From UPF sunblocking material that shields you from harmful rays to polygene technology that masks your scent, Forlow's innovative designs and cutting-edge material ensures that you can focus on the adventure, not the elements. Their commitment to innovation and American craftsmanship will carry you beyond the known and into the unknown where the journey truly begins. Get the most out of your time in the outdoors and go to forlow.com and use code DAILYWIRE for 20% off your purchase. That's forlow.com, code DAILYWIRE.